Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In Louisiana, the famed Angola chase team tracks down two women in a huge firearm theft. In Kentucky, a college student most known for her mugshots makes a dramatic turnaround. And in Minnesota, DNA leads to the arrest in a 39-year-old murder case. These stories and more coming at you today, Thursday, August 3rd on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hello, guys. Hello, hello. Happy Thursday. What's up? Yes. What's up? Well, y'all ready to get in some crime time? Let's do it. Crime time, baby. All right. We're going to take Thursday. it to Phoenix first. Thirsty Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Thirsty Thursday. A man was hospitalized early Last Friday, after getting stuck in a chimney while trying to enter the home nice. of someone who has a court order against him. Mm. Ooh, a little uh, bit hot mean, in Phoenix for a chimney. Breaking the windows too much for him now? I mean, uh, you got to climb Santa Claus? We're going to tell you exactly what happened. Last Friday around 1 a.m., the Phoenix Police and Fire Departments went to a home because Irving Gonzalez attempted to enter the residence via the roof. The family who lives in the house said they knew Gonzalez. Firefighters were able to monitor him, monitor the atmosphere around him at all times, and they were able to have contact with him at all times. They spoke to the gentleman and even provided water for him. Gonzalez was technically not allowed to be in the residence due to a court order. Rescue teams arrived at the home and helped retrieve Gonzalez from the chimney using a harness and rope. Mm. Firefighters had to break a wall from inside oh, to extract him. Oh. Fire officials said chimney flues are relatively small and not capable of having a human go in and out of them. Uh, Gonzalez was transported to a local hospital in stable condition, and once he is discharged, he will be transported to jail and booked on multiple counts, including breaking and entering. Nice. How yeah. about that? Damn, so that should be Santa just, Claus, that should be are they just, saying Santa can't really fit down a chimney? Well, that should be that just is. breaking, not breaking and entering. Because Yeah, he never technically entered. <laughs> never technically. Yes. Well, I guess they broke through the wall and pulled him in, so he entered that way. He got down that far. Absolutely. But, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that happens more often than what people may report. Chimneys? Yeah, it's just going trying, people trying to break in houses via the chimney. Yeah. I don't know. You know, chimneys, same high degree kind of, of difficulty. Got to get up there first. Got to be yeah. small enough to get through it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't and know. and and those flues, a lot Gotta of times open. they're they're mm. like angled. So yeah. right, not too. Yeah. Soon. That could almost be a dumb criminal. You might get a little dirty doing that too. I, I had a friend whose parents had a, uh, a what do you call it, a dumb waiter, and he was on the top floor and. We were both going to do this, but he did it first, and I, <laughs> I learned not to do it. Uh, he went down the chute as if he was going to the first right. floor and got stuck in the middle. <laughs> was he? He was on the dumbwaiter though, or no? 
Well, it wasn't. A, I'm sorry. I called it a dumb. It was a laundry sheet. It wasn't. A, oh, it oh, wasn't oh, a dumb waiter. It was a laundry, laundry sheet. sheet yeah. And he went and got about halfway down and <laughs> got stuck. That's but, not good. But we, yeah, the, uh, his parents were managed to get him out without having to call the the uh, fire department. Fire department. And I said, "Well, I'm not doing yeah, that." Obviously, <laughs> obviously, they had I to know. grease the walls of the yeah, uh, laundry store. store. If you, yeah, if you remember, all your friends jumped off a bridge. That's right. I let them jump first and see what happens. <laughs> <clears throat> Y'all, we told you about a story in Michigan, uh, or I told you a couple of weeks ago about the, the girl who threw lie on oh, her yeah, sleeping yeah, father. Yeah. Right. Um, so we covered on RRC Daily. But none of us believe there was anything but a long jail sentence coming for uh, Megan um, Air Mirrorwicks. But, you know, she was found guilty of unlawful use of a chemical irritant causing death. And the prosecution, I told you all about it. Prosecution presented her as a troubled youth who killed her own father because he was strict in her social life. And she has spent the last 17 months in Oakland County Jail incarcerated. During that time, her siblings and her mother had written letters to the judge urging leniency. Uh, Emmerich cried as the judge sentenced her to one year in jail with credit for time served. Why? Why Exactly. Um, the prosecutor, Jason DeSantis, argued for the top of the range, declaring that she willfully threw Lyle and her sleeping father, causing extensive chemical burns that required his feet and part of his legs to be amputated. Um, Conrad, the dad, never recovered from his injuries and died six months after the attack. So to me, she killed him slowly over six months. And that's what I said on the previous podcast. Right. The judge allowed the mother... Julie Conrad to speak prior to handing down the sentence. Conrad questioned the investigation, suggesting it was not thorough enough and that important information had been left out of the trial. She said, we, we were a broken family before this began, and now we're even more broken. While her age and her body is 19 years old, her maturity and emotional level are not that of an adult. So Megan also spoke, and she said, 19 years ago I was placed into the arms the first man to ever love me, the man I'm lucky enough to call my dad. You were Come lucky on. enough. Growing up, he became so much more. He was a storyteller, a tooth fairy, a friend, and a hero. Through it all, the one thing never changed was that he was mine, she sobbed. One of the biggest things overlooked in the case is that me and my siblings lost my dad, too. The loss has severely broken us. Uh, you lost him because you killed him. But she went on to tell the judge that she mourned her father and is struggling to cope with her loss. She said she counts the days till she went to live with him, and her biggest battle these days is against self-harm. She rejected the prosecution's portrayal of her as a monster. She denied throwing a lie at her father and said she had thrown some bread at him to wake him up. Um, I don't know how you get those two mixed up. The prosecutor's job is to make me look bad. The reality, she said, was that she was the girl that took care of her father and threw surprise birthday parties for her brother so that he would know she loved him. She asked the judge to help her realize her goals, and among them a college degree, studying marine biology, reha uh, rehabilitating marine life, and setting up programs that help children in depression. I want to change the world, she said. I'm asking you to help me accomplish my dreams. I'm not a threat to society. 
but an asset for the future. A few hours later, she walked out of the jail. I'm really happy. I get to go home with my family, she said. I'm scared to feel anything about my dad right now. I miss him a lot, but I'm not ready. She admitted she was shocked when she heard the judge's sentence. I was praying for a miracle today, and that's what I got. So the first stop for her following her release was she stopped at a McDonald's about a mile from the jail where she ordered Great. chicken McNuggets and French fries. Travesty of the justice so, well, what, system right what, there. What should the uh, – what was – it said the range was very different than the – what what – was the time period she should have been put away for? Well, I, I think she, she got manslaughter or something at least. Man, I don't know what it, it varies from different uh, from state to state. Uh, Twenty years would have been too short, in my opinion. I mean, that's really shot. I mean, unless the the early version that was out in the media of that story uh, was very far off. I mean, I don't know how you could confuse bread with lie. And right. I mean, he died <clears throat> for six months yeah. and had to have his arms and shit cut off. Wow. Wow. Um, I don't know what that judge knows that, that uh, we don't know. But must not be up for re-election. Mm. Let's go to Kentucky. 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 And I'm going to tell you about the Queen of Chaos. Yeah, she's a former Kentucky college student who has earned that nickname for her smiling mugshots. Now she's taken steps to turn her life around as her past bad behavior goes viral. She's 23 years old. Her name is Rihanna Brock, and she has an extensive mugshot portfolio, which has lit up the internet after the images appeared on a popular Instagram account. But the repeat offender was a guest last week on uh, the Gutfeld show. There you go. She said, when I was really bad on drugs, I started to look in the mirror and I just didn't like the same girl. I was looking terrible. So that's really what started my sobriety. I wanted to look like the girl I used to, Brock told Greg Gutfeld. But every time she would get arrested, and she got arrested a lot, mm -hmm. she would take a mugshot with a smile on her face. Oh, interesting. So one, everyone— two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, seven, like 12 times? There's like 12 mugshots there. I don't even think that's all of them. And she's smiling in every one of the— uh, Picture. She says she became addicted to Xanax during her college years and committed a lot of her crimes uh, uh, while she was high on Xanax. Her offenses range from simple theft to uh, she had one terroristic stalking uh, mm. conviction. Her signature smile in her mugshots uh, began at her first arrest at 18. Um, are you just easygoing and just smile with everything or do you smile – uh, when you're doing something, uh, when when you're doing uh, only a mugshot, Gutfeld asked her. And she said, either or, usually just the mugshots just to make them mad. My first mugshot, I started to smile, and the person taking the picture was like, stop smiling. Oh my and I just kept smiling and, and finally took the picture anyway. So her uh, jail stints grew frequent despite vows to stay out of trouble. When I'd be in jail, I'd be like, okay, this is my last time going to jail. I'm really going to clean up my act. And then I'd get out, and like a week later, I'd commit another crime. So Fre Frequent flyer. Yes. Um, all of her, uh, all of my jail visits were awesome because I was usually the youngest girl in the jail, so they treated me like a newbie. They treated me like their kids, so everyone in there always took care of me. It doesn't sound like 
the experiences we usually hear about. Um, she is embracing her newfound online fame after her mugshots were displayed um, in the uh, Instagram account called Mug Shotties, M U G S H A W T Y S, Mug Shotties, uh, which is an account that features a lot of female offenders. I really wasn't collecting them, she said of the pictures. I do have an album on my phone of my mug shots, but, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but this site had all of them. Uh, her nickname, the Queen of Chaos, even found its origins because of her presence on mug shotties. I honestly uh, uh, saw somebody comment on one of my mug shots. They were like, this is the Queen of Chaos. She's a menace to society. And I liked it, so I took it, and I've been using it. But now I've been sober since January of 2022. Uh, she said, outside occasionally sneaking a little bit of weed. But mm-hmm. uh, but uh, recently, she's even given up uh, the weed because of her probation. So since working to get her life on a different track, she and her boyfriend uh, now own their own contracting business. And she also works as a server and bartender. And uh, she has turned it around and she credits her smiling mug shots with starting it all. Yeah. Good for her. right? So, I Queen mean, of chaos. I hope she stays on the-, the people I booked into jail. I didn't give a shit if they were smiling or crying. I mean, it didn't mess up my day. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope she gets her life on track to stay yeah. safe. Sounds like she has. The queen of chaos. The queen of chaos. Sounds like a Netflix special. All right. So we're going to bring you Minnesota. And again, DNA playing a huge role yeah. in, uh, in solving cold cases. Police have arrested a 66-year-old former security counselor in connection with a 1984 stabbing death of a 33-year-old man. In the early morning hours of July 17, 1984, officers learned an unidentified intruder got into a fight with Robert Miller and killed him in his apartment. When officers arrived, they encountered two women running out of the building, including one who had sustained a cut to her face. The other woman escaped unharmed. The woman told police that the intruder broke into the apartment and attacked them with a knife. Officials found the victim surrounded by blood with fatal stab wounds to his face, head, chest, back, and shoulders. And they noticed the kitchen door was open with a trail of blood. And investigators determined the suspect had cut himself with a knife on his way out. Investigators collected blood from various parts of the apartment And despite their efforts, they said at the time they were unable to identify and locate a suspect, and the case went cold. Minneapolis police work with the FBI's Cold Case Task Force and the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension Forensics Lab to identify a possible suspect. The BCA created a DNA profile using the blood at the scene in 2018. Investigators, with the help of a genealogist, identified Matthew Brown as a possible suspect and... In March of 2023, they took a DNA sample from a disposable cup Brown had used and found it matched the DNA from the crime scene. Police said homicide investigators and FBI agents interviewed Brown last month when he was living in Illinois. Officials arrested him and he was extradited to Minnesota and booked into jail second-degree murder and first-degree burglary. Now get this, from 2006 until 2018... Brown reportedly worked for the Minnesota Sex Offender Program as a security counselor. The arrest was made 39 years after the crime was committed, 
and primarily due to the advancements in DNA. That is pure love. Go DNA. And they're they're steady catching these people by uh, basically surveilling them and Mm -hmm. watching as they throw away a water bottle or a cup in this case. When you throw away something, uh, it's it's fair game for them to get it. Absolutely. So that is a great story. Very good. I'm glad they called him. All right, guys. We've never had an intervention on the show, but we're going to have one right now. And this applies to both of you guys, but perhaps a bit more to Mr. Overton. Mm, Must be alcohol. Well, you know, neither of you guys are 25 anymore, and sometimes you need to take a break away from the alcohol. Oh, Lord. So I want to talk to you about a healthy alternative to alcohol that can be just the right fix after a stressful day. You know, Woody, like a day after 10 crazies from Wisconsin come into town to kill a thousand wild boars and you idiots end up killing a thousand shiner box at the same time. That's going to happen. Well, I know it is. And so I want to tell you about a product called recess mood. Mm. Think about it. Even the name sounds relaxing. Recess mood is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Now, while Jim is looking up the meaning of adaptogens, I'll continue on. Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at TakeArecess.com slash R-L-R-C. That's TakeArecess.com slash R-L-R-C. You can enjoy Recess Mood after a busy day or whatever you need to relax and unwind. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. Mm. Those sound yummy. Yeah. It's only got 20 calories, doesn't have any sugar in it. So I don't know if you've ever had guilt, Woody, but if you do, Recess Mood could help you get rid of it. Guilt that I've had the pain of not having a recess. (laughs) Okay, well, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C and get 15% off a Recess Mood sampler pack. It's your go-to alcohol replacement. Uh, y'all, this story, Miss Jerry, close your ears. Um, <laughs> this story is crime-related in so many ways, even though there's not a real charge or no one's been charged, but listen to it. It's, it's kind of trippy. All right, so Callie Clemens, along with her dog, Giselle, and a small team of volunteers has spent the past three days searching cockroach-infested storm drains in Houston in a desperate attempt to rescue a litter of trapped puppies. Turn it off, Miss Sherry. The rescue mission began when someone reported seeing a litter of puppies crossing the street but lost sight of them and could only hear whimpers. Clemens, who is the ex-daughter-in-law of New York Yankees legend Roger Clemens, not they to, call him New York not, Yankees legend, not Boston Red not, Sox not, legend. Not, not, to confused, legend. Ken, not to be confused with Kenny Powers. Said the area is infamous for puppy uh, puppy dumping, where people abandon their unwanted dogs, leaving them to fend for themselves. <laughs> Miss Jerry, turn it off. Despite the challenges and the potential risks, she felt compelled to take action, stating, I knew nobody would do it, so I had to jump in. Clemens, who started a nonprofit, Paul's off the streets found two of the black lab mutts on Friday and was heading back into the drain Saturday night alone to find the last one. 
Now that's dedication, right? This sound like sure. Miss Jerry would do. Yes, it All does. Right. If the third puppy is found, it will be taken to the city shelter. But Clemens is so invested, she is contemplating keeping it. In her seven years of doing rescues, Clemens said she has never lost a dog, and she is not about to start now. Is, you think that her name is really Miss Jerry? I, I you know, know what the the uh, the the roach thing might be a little you going in basically those are shit drains and stinky ass drains she'd have Houston, you crawling through the road below yeah. the concrete yeah. jungle shit you got rats down there bigger yeah, rat, than rats and roaches are yeah, not uh, right. not to so for her. um clemens who has been fighting for the lives of vulnerable animals in need for years was called and did not hesitate to start the search at 11 20 p.m on wednesday night clemens arrived at the scene accompanied by her dog giselle a skilled animal sniffer despite lacking any special gear or knowledge of the storm drains in this specific area clemens ventured into the cockroach infested drains upon hearing the puppy's cries as she descended the frightened pups scampered away from her I saw them pretty quickly. They ran away. They were tiny, she added. The dedicated group of volunteers managed to rescue two of the lost litter, but Clemens could still hear one or two others. Throughout Friday night and into Saturday, now this is dedication, the volunteers continued to search, wading through nasty water and cockroach nests to reach the crying puppies. Clemens remains determined and certain, I know they're still in there. I just think they're further down. Even after staying underground until until nearly 2 a.m. Saturday without success, she says she won't rest until all puppies are found. According to Clemens, the city has been supportive, unlocking the drain and providing engineers to assist her in going down. So that would be like, yeah, you want to go down the drain and save a puppy? We'll open the manhole for you, but we ain't coming with you down that Plus, it's, it's, yeah. it's the middle of the night. It's pitch yeah, black. Right, right. And uh, anyways, she... Clemens believes the litter went further north, meaning she must try entering through different spots to reach them. Clemens mentioned that she left food and water for the dog and said the dogs, really the cockroaches, and and said the the dogs are unable to escape on their own. She has the next two days free and is fully committed to spending the time searching for the last of the puppies. Clemens said there is a significant animal issue in Houston. That's in every major city with the area being known for high number of stray dogs because of the lack of neutering laws. About one million stray animals are reported to be roaming the streets wow. of Houston. Shout Crazy. out to that to that lady who yeah. looked for those yeah. that ain't familiar. Hey, look, let me tell you something. The, the, I'm from the country. This is, Miss Jerry, you really need to turn this off. And I know people that, I shouldn't say this, but it's the truth. People that had unwanted litters, like a, a Butt dogs and, and they put them in the gunny sack and throw them over a bridge with a brick. I mean, the, the I don't condone that, certainly. Look, y'all, get your. I'm gonna be like old Bob Barker, my fraternity brother, and say, I'm reminding you to have your pets spayed and neutered. <laughs> Remember that? He closed every Price's Rice for that. You evidently never watched. You're watching. I do. Chick- uh, you're I, watching. General I had Hospital. this. I had this thing called a job that prevented me from watching <laughs> the Price's Right during the I day. I was a kid, but, man. Uh, I did. Beauties? I did. I did. By the way, think he won Barker's the fight geez. against Adam Sandler in. Uh, oh, that was, that was in, funny. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah Happy Gilmore. That was a good one. That was uh, that was the highlight of Bob Barker's career, as far as uh, Bob I'm Barker concerned. was a stud. Look, and Roger Clemens. Uh, 
you know, in my opinion, maybe the second or third most intimidating pitcher of all time. Behind Kenny uh, Powers. Behind Kenny Powers. And no, um, it was a big I mean, look the the he steroid era and he got in with a bunch of uh other people that tarnished his image, but he, he great pitcher. I mean he was a great, great oh yeah. Kenny Powers. Kenny Powers. I know. I'm going to watch it. You should um, in the show with Kenny Powers. Earlier in this episode, I think, or maybe it was you know, it was yesterday's show, you talked about uh, spending more time in a courtroom than just about anybody right. you know. That's because of all the motions suppress and search warrants and waiting on judges and testifying and everything else. I mean, lawyers are in there for a couple hours at a time. Well, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. All that time in the courtroom, uh, you... You saw, had to saw, you had to sit through hundreds and hundreds of uh, forensic experts give oh, yeah. expert testimony, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a black anaconda in a courtroom one time. Did you listen to that episode? No. Yeah, you need to listen to that. Go ahead. It might be on Patreon, but go ahead. Yeah, you don't want forensic- you don't want to give me a little bit of more of a tease about oh, the black yeah, anaconda. The, um, I, the they bring in the inmates at one one o'clock in the afternoon for the arraignments and shit. Have them all. They shackled two by two, and I was sitting in the jury box waiting on um, to do whatever motion I was going to do or whatever, and I'm looking over one of the female DAs, and her eyes are about this big, and she's looking back, and I look over the, the on the front row, they have the orange jumpsuits, and there was this um, African-American male, a pretty tall young kid, and he had the biggest tent in his jumpsuit that I've ever seen, and he was stroking it with both hands. And it just took me a minute. The guy that was chained to him was going Why like did this. I go there, Look, folks? He's I trying thought, to get away. I thought he was talking about an actual snake in the courtroom. But no, yeah, this dude had a, definitely had a black anaconda. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jim, I apologize. Back to your regularly scheduled program. So, yes, uh, listen to experts. Okay. Plenty of times. Oh, now, I'll, now I'll really look forward to, right. to that is, episode. But um, you've seen a lot of forensic experts yes, testify. Yes. You ever, were you ever convinced one was completely full of shit? Absolutely. Yeah. Man, that happen of, often? Uh, in every murder case, yeah. Really? Yeah. They, they, they hire some quack to come in and say whatever, especially in the death penalty phase. Wow. Well, uh, listen to this story because naive – as I am, I didn't think this happened very often, but there's a guy by the name of Henry Lee, who uh, forensic scientist that Henry Lee's is world famous. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he's the best. OJ. Yeah. He's the best. Well, well, was one of the best <laughs> was, was, and uh, is an important uh, uh, phrase there. Cause I mean, yes, he was involved in OJ, uh, John Benet Ramsey, a bunch of other right. uh, cases, but he has been found guilty. What? He's been found guilty for, uh, he sent two teenagers to prison for 30 years for a murder they did not commit. And a federal judge found him liable for falsifying evidence in a case, in that case, uh, last Friday in a wrong, wrongful conviction lawsuit Ooh, filed by the two men. Wee. So this goes all the way back to December 1st, 1985. He is so fucked. Right now, the doors all throughout the Department of Corrections are being unlocked. Because mm-hmm. you can find him one time, every question, every case he ever did is now questionable. So 1985, at the ages of 17 and 18, Sean Henning and Ricky Birch were convicted of murder in the death of a guy named Everett Carr. The convictions 
owed in large part to Lee's testimony that there were bloodstains on a towel in the 65-year-old man's New Milford, Connecticut home that linked the pair to the crime. Okay. Both men spent 30 years in prison until a judge vacated their murder convictions in late 2020. Subsequently, Henning and Birch, who are now 54 and 56 years old, mm. filed a wrongful conviction lawsuit against Lee, eight police officers, and the town of New Milford. As a result of the suit, experts discovered that the purported blood found on the towel was not actually blood. Holy and there was no evidence Lee ever conducted any blood test on the towel. In addition to finding Lee liable, the court also ruled that a jury could reasonably find that both prosecutors and the new Milford police hid or fabricated evidence that would have helped the teenagers in their case. Henning said, I was a 17-year-old kid who was stealing food from homes because my dad kicked me out in the middle of winter and we needed food. They took this scrawny 17-year-old kid, had him sign away his Miranda rights, and threw him in prison to defend for himself for 30 years. Lee, who is now 84 who is uh, most known for his involvement in the O.J. Simpson and John Bonet Ramsey cases, said in a statement that he did test the towels and that he has no motive or reason um, to be fabric- to have fabricated evidence. In his ruling on Friday, U.S. District Judge Victor Bolden ruled that Lee had no evidence to back his testimony other than stating that he had performed the test. However, the record contains no evidence that any such test was performed. In fact, as the plaintiffs noted, Dr. Lee's own experts concluded that there is no written documentation or photographic evidence that Dr. Lee performed the TMB blood test, and there is no evidence, and there is evidence, excuse me, in this record that the test actually conducted did not indicate the presence of blood. This is not the first time Lee has been accused of falsifying or mishandling evidence. In 2007, a judge ruled that Lee withheld evidence from prosecutors in the Phil Spector murder trial. Wow. So um, That is unbelievable. I mean, just I I don't understand it. Why would you do it? Uh, I mean, he really was. I mean, he's he's been in – most high-profile cases ever. Yeah, and now you got to go back to totally Jomini Rams's case. case now, and 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 I mean, not only the ones that he sent to prison, but the the ones that he are still off. up. Well, I mean, nobody's even been charged in Jomini's, but there were different be. questions of, of DNA and stuff like that. Yeah, unbelievable. That is crazy. I hope they turn around and fucking lock his eighty-three-year-old asshole up. A Spring Hill, Florida man has been arrested on human trafficking charges after tricking a minor into a sexual contract. That's right, y'all, a sexual contract. James Peter Hollis, 56, had two separate victims, an adult and a minor with mental handicaps that he assaulted through these alleged contracts. This particular individual really had some creative ways to abuse women. This from the sheriff. The investigation began on July 10th after deputies were given a location for a potential runaway child in Spring Hill, Florida. The suspect told deputies that he and the adult victim were under the impression that the minor victim was 18 and was kicked out of her home. After deputies took the minor to a runaway shelter, the victim told deputies and shelter workers that she met Hollis through an online dating site while he posed as the adult victim. Investigators said Hollis would control the conversations and would bring the adult victim into them when he needed to conduct a phone conversation. 
It was not a common social media platform that you hear about every day, the sheriff said. The sheriff also said before the minor left home, she thought she was going to have sexual contact with the adult victim, not Hollis. The suspect emailed the minor a dominant submissive contract. That's what it was called. That had clauses that promised an Oceanside home in exchange for sex, which included sexual activities with the dominant that might be outside the comfort zone, but not painful. Hard to believe, but that's what the document said. The sheriff said the victim did not read the contract, but acknowledged it. And on July 9th, Hollis sent an Uber to pick the minor up and bring her to his home. Authorities said Hollis forced the adult victim to have sex with the minor, and then he had sex with the minor as well. During her time with the suspect, the minor victim was taken to the department store to get clothing, and on July 10th, the victim took multiple photos at the home, including one of a nude Hollis. On July 11th, deputies arrested Hollis on numerous sex crimes, But the sheriff said the investigation didn't stop there. As the investigation unfolded, it became apparent the adult victim was also a victim of human trafficking uh, by Hollis. The adult victim said she felt obligated by her own contract with Hollis. And when she tried to refuse to have sex with a minor, he physically forced her on the teenage victim. Uh, Young adult victim number one advised that our suspect physically strangled the juvenile during the sexual activity. And because she knew how to rough, how rough Hollis could be, she actually traded places with the victim to keep the juvenile safe. Mm. Officials said before this incident, Hollis sold the adult victim for sex to multiple men in Colorado. The suspect met her online while she was still a juvenile and groomed her into isolation from her family. The sheriff said after being read his rights, Hollis confessed to the sexual activity, the existence of a sexual contract, and that the victim was fortunate because of how he provided for her. However, he still... She sounds fortunate. Yeah. However, he still maintained that he thought the minor victim was 18. According to the sheriff's office, Hollis' cell phone data showed he tried uh, to contract other potential victims through online dating sites. And as a result of the investigation, a separate human trafficking case will also be opened by uh, the police department in Colorado. And this is a great time to bring up ourrescue.org, right. uh, Operation Underground Railroad. Look, we need to stop this everywhere. But this is just an absolutely insane case where this guy had a obviously a legal contract right. of uh, – uh, as a way of manipulating, don't know how legally, and like, it's like he's going to enforce it in civil court. <laughs> right. But he played; he used it to manipulate her and and get her to sign off, and then saying, "Oh, I got a legal contract." Yeah, and then using, uh, you know, a, a, an, an adult victim as bait, right. essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, in I this mean, case, the, David uh, Double Clutch and Christina Constance, same thing, husband and wife that in. Horrible that I did on, on the original RRC is absolutely horrible. But people, that's real life and real crime. And and it's just if you think evil doesn't exist, you didn't just hear that story. So 
So they they never said what the site was that they were on. No, they just said it was it was a site that is not normally known. Yeah, it's gonna know? be it's gonna be on the dark net. And you have to use an on, onion browser right. and all that. Uh, well, you know what though, the dude belongs in bloody Angola if he was here. Right, he right, and that's a podcast that Jim and I do together. Um, but y'all, the next story ha- actually has to do with. Angola it does indeed. All right, so y'all here uh, in Eunice, Louisiana. You ever been to Eunice? You know what it's famous I don't for? Believe I have two things: the Purple Peacock, which has been a bar that's been open for like a hundred years, and Percy Sledge, when a man loves a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, it's a small town in Cajun country, uh, and two women have been arrested after stealing sixty-five guns from a store in Eunice, which uh, led to a high-speed chase in foot pursuit. At 7 a.m. on Saturday, deputies in West Baton Rouge received an alert about a possible stolen 2021 Honda Pilot from Lafayette. Shortly after the vehicle was spotted on Highway 190 in West Baton Rouge and deputies attempted to conduct a traffic stop, but the female driver refused to pull over. During the chase, a firearm was tossed from the vehicle. So um, the weapon was recovered and confirmed to have been stolen from the Lafayette area. The high-speed chase was stopped by the West Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office as it entered Point Capi Parish. A Point Capi Parish Sheriff's Office deputy took over the pursuit but lost track of the car. The vehicle was later found abandoned behind a fire station. The women inside the car then ran into the nearby woods. Well, y'all, this used to happen to me back in the day. And certainly if I didn't have a canine available, uh, uh, um, and we used to use them all the time, the chase teams. We would call DCI because they were closer. Angola's chase team must have been the closest in this situation. Actually, it's just right across the river from this parish. The, um, they So they call the Angola chase team, right? They call them in. Now, all these guys do – is trained every day on tracking humans. They actually have trustees that they'll let run and give them several hours head starts, and they they put these dogs on them, right? So Angola chase teams called in, and guess what happened? They got all like they almost always do. They got their man, or in this case, their their women. They the, the two women were located and apprehended. They were identified as twenty one year old. Kendrika Griffin of Opelousas and 20-year-old Jania LaFleur of Eunice. And shout-out to the Angola Chase team. Those guys are awesome. DCH, all those prison chase teams for doing what they do. But Angola Chase team, you don't want them dogs on you, right? 65 guns? 65 guns, bro. That's five guns would be pretty heavy. Wait, that's five guns? years Project Exile for each gun federally. Not on top of the burglary and, and whatever else they did. So f- what's that math, man? Five well, times 60 is... 300. 65? Five times 65 is 300? Well, it's 325. Actually. There you go. So it's 325 years, no good time, no parole. 21 and 20 years old. Yep. Not the kind of thing you would think... Twenty and twenty-one year old females sure. would. I'm sure they. Focus had, on I'm sure stealing. they had somebody set up because look, they were coming from there. It's probably the Baton Rouge and Lord. Lord we all know, like the uh, 
Prairieville, and Billy called me yesterday and said, hey, they just busted in and stole a whole bunch of high-power rifles and stuff. Keep that in the back of your mind you're on the street. And I said, well, hopefully they didn't steal them to use against the police. Hopefully they're going to – hopefully, but best-case scenario is they go to the gangs and they use them on each other, right, and not another mass police shooting. But 65 firearms is a lot. Yeah, like for two women, too, just to ca- – I mean, uh, figure the average gun weighs what? Well, it depends if it's a shotgun or a pistol. Uh, but the smallest would be two pounds. And probably up to, others. Uh, up to eight, nine pounds, okay. maybe heavier. So it's an average scope. of five pounds or 325 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's not one trip in a store no, or walk no, right no, out. No. And shit, that's a car load, bro. I don't care if it's all twenty two caliber pistols. That's a 65 is that's a lot. And how are you going to get rid of 65? Guys? Oh, they, they are ad buyers for them. Uh, shout out to Angola. Yes. I got a wacky one from across the pond, boys. Are you allowed to report there? Where across the pond, sir? (laughs) Well, and now we go to the UK for breaking international news from Real Life Real Crime Daily global correspondent, except for Mexico and Southeast Asia, Aga. A waiter's rude behavior in an all-you-can-eat buffet was too much for one British patron to stomach. TikToker Poppy from the UK was charged double for eating, quote, too much, she explains in a TikTok post over the weekend. So this woman was charged for eating too much at an all-you-can-eat. So, yeah, we get so it. interesting rules they have I in the UK. That back in the day. Okay, but they <laughs> can't charge you. It's an all-you-can-eat. I went to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and when the bill came, I noticed they'd charged me twice, she said. I questioned it and asked why, and the waiter said, quote, I'd eaten too much. Oh, my God. So Poppy refused to pay. The restaurant then called the police. Poppy then decided not to wait for the arrival of the police. Instead, she turned to TikTok to lament about her infuriating fat-shaming ordeal. Her video garnered tens of thousands of views. Poppy seemed to laugh about the incident, but commenters on the video expressed their outrage and dished out tales about the times that they've been bullied for being overweight. One follower commented, in the south of France, I went to a pharmacy for suntan lotion and the pharmacist pointed me toward the Slim Fast display. (laughs) Another said, my mother-in-law said to me, quote, if you eat so healthy, why are you so overweight? She's my ex-mother-in-law now, said Clam. This is just the latest in a string of viral fat shaming incidents. Those rude Brits and Frenchies. Uh, over here, we embrace women of all sizes, uh, but we do also worry about people's health. So remember, one of the great things about podcasts is that you can take us anywhere. I've often said listening to podcasts, my favorite thing to do while I'm doing something else. One of those something else contexts is exercising. So we encourage you to get a little bit of exercise every day if you possibly can and stay active. But this in the UK is a travesty. You can't call the police because somebody at your all-you-can-eat buffet ate more than, and you want to charge them double. I mean, it's freaking ridiculous. That almost have banjos on it. There it is. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. All right, a Texas man was arrested after an airline crew caught him drinking his own alcohol on a flight. 
Yep, Stephen Bellington, 34, of Texas, was flying into Southwest Florida International Airport when airline crews said they saw him drinking his own alcohol on the plane, which you may not realize is against airline policy. I bet it is. Well, you ask a good question. Woody and Bellington was holding a crime roll bag. <laughs> that, that airline usually there's dope in crime roll bags. Air, yeah. uh, yep, the airline crew said was full of many alcohol bottles. Bellington said he wasn't drinking and slugged the rest of what was in a cup he was drinking out of when the crew asked him to hand it over. When the plane landed, crew said Bellington stood up, made his way toward the front of the plane, despite them telling him to stay seated, oh, before yeah, finally right. sitting in the seat closer to the front. Police said when they met Bellington on the jet bridge where they had him sit in a wheelchair because he was having a hard time standing. He was drunk. All right, drunk as fuck. While trying to escort him out, he reportedly became aggressive, yelling and cursing at officers, and he had to be wrestled into handcuffs. Mm. When police escorted Bellington out of the airport, they said he continued to fight them and was held on the ground while police waited for a patrol car to take him to jail. This guy went absolutely berserk, and he's obviously going to face some charges, including disorderly uh, intoxication, resisting arrest. Now... Uh, according to FAA regulations, many alcohol bottles, no more than 3.4 ounces, can be brought on a plane. However, they can't be consumed. That sounds like the Even plane if you, trying to make a Because I used to do this all the time when I was flying internationally a lot. I would purchase something at a duty-free shop, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're already in the terminal. Then you bring the, the they, bottle onto the plane. They want their money, man. That's all it's yeah. about. I mean, it's kind of like going into the movie theater with your own popcorn. We understand when you fly in your G seventy, uh, <laughs> right? You don't have to worry about that. But Spirit Airlines and Frontier, they want their money. They do, they and that's that. all that. That is really all that's about. I think that's um, a just, but the, that's a rare. That's somebody uh, again. It's some that story crazy Karen yeah, who's that, uh, taking her job way too seriously. That story makes me. I think I have a wonder how many times I've come close to being arrested on the plane. Well, there's your mile high crime. Mile high. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Ooh, yeah. Kinky, kinky crime time. Kinky crimes for Thursday. And boy, here we go again. I guess we're never going to run out of these stories, right? So a Michigan man who allegedly tricked a woman into taking off her shoes to satisfy his foot fetish was charged with assault and battery late last week. Mm. Brandon Jackson, 22, of Redford, was sitting at a business. <laughs> this is so stupid. When he told an employee that a bug had crawled into her boot. One <laughs> <laughs> way snake to do in it. your boot, right? The 48-year-old woman went to a private area to check her boots for bugs, but found none. When she returned, she says Jackson insisted a bug had crawled into her boot. He then, without her permission, removed her boots and touched her feet. (laughs) (laughs) Police say the victim was uncomfortable with the suspect's irregular behavior, so she reviewed video surveillance Footage of her, of the interaction. Uh, at, footage, no no pun intended, right? 
Um, after reviewing the footage, the woman found that Jackson had been filming their interaction with his cell phone. The woman then mm. contacted police. The detectives contacted Jackson and obtained a search warrant to view the contents of his cell phone. I bet that was interesting. They found that there were numerous photographs of women's feet taken without their knowledge. There were also dozens of videos of him telling different women that bugs were crawling in their shoes. <laughs> so, y'all, if you don't feel it crawling in some dudes telling you that, be, be aware. My, my question is, if somebody told Miss Jerry that, is she going to pull her shoes off? Because she don't like bugs. I don't know, but he got arrested. So tell her, Mike, she let her know. Like, Anyone messing with her feet either. Yeah, I don't like so, anyone messing my feet either. Well, let her know that, that they're lying if they try that. Bugs in your boots so I can touch your toe. Man, that's one that's, of the weirdest. That's that, I mean, like weird. feet. Yeah, I don't get it. Those are I don't lot, get, that's like one of the top. I don't get deal. it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Somebody out there does, eh? Sorry, folks, but I'm interrupting banjos today because of something that I saw last night that I decided really needed to share with you all. Please do. This is in the great state of Tennessee, where a woman, 33 years old, is charged with filming her own pet dog performing a sex act on her. That's right. A Tennessee woman has been charged with a slew of disturbing offenses, including downloading child pornography and recording her dog performing sex acts on her. Stephanie Weir, age 33, was arrested Tuesday following a complaint from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, alerting the Memphis police about her alleged crimes. The NCMEC told officials that Weir had child pornography on an online cloud account, and when police executed a search warrant, they uncovered both the disturbing disturbing images as well as a video of her with her pet dog. Weir's confession has seen her charged with sexual exploitation of a minor, criminal offense against animals, especially aggravated exploitation of a minor, and aggravated unlawful photography of a minor. The complaint from NCMEC came after uh, uh, Synchronous Technologies, a tech firm based in New Jersey, notified the authorities over a person with apparent child pornography on their account. That's like a cloud computing service. The image that sparked the investigation into her was of a child in a lascivious pose nude, which was discovered after it was flagged by the company. After law enforcement obtained a search warrant, they uncovered further lewd images and videos, including children engaged in sex acts with other children, children posed nude, and the video of Weir having her pet dog perform a sex act on her. Um, while under questioning, the 33-year-old admitted to cops that she had used her phone to contact certain groups on social media and to search for child pornography. And obviously, uh, she is in a whole big heap of trouble for being well, I just, an absolute just whack job. Devil comes in all forms. Disgusting. That's all Evil, I can say devil, about that. whatever you want to call it. How about some WTF? How about a double WTF? Because that was pretty that, WTF. That was, that was a yeah. big WTF. But okay. How about a double WTF? <laughs> Let's do a double WTF. A what same? the? F- Go ahead. I'm sorry. What the beep? What the? <laughs> f- we can come up with some kind of sound for that. Yeah. 
A Sanford, Florida woman was arrested after she threw a pot of boiling water on her sister's boyfriend while he slept. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. That don't hurt. WTF. Bad shit. Lina Spatz was arrested uh, last Friday after she reportedly threw boiling water on her sister's boyfriend, leaving him with blisters and burns on his body. Somebody's getting her ass beat. Spat's sister told police she brought her boyfriend to the home to help with an upcoming move and observed Spats boiling a pot of water and believed she was cooking. When the sister walked towards the laundry room, she heard someone screaming from the bedroom and saw Spats holding an empty pot. Oh, my God. Both women began to fight, and Spats said he has to go before retreating back to the kitchen area. When police arrived at the home, they saw the woman's boyfriend with severe burns from the neck down along with blisters forming along Holy his body. Shit. Both the sister and her boyfriend told police they don't know why Spatz poured hot water on him. Spatz was arrested on multiple charges, and that definitely makes you say WTF. WTF. And I if you're the one so. getting it poured on you, I gotta, well, you're definitely going to wake up and say WTF. Two statements. One, um pretty sure the sister had already had sex with her sister's boyfriend mm, maybe she recognized possibility, him. possibility there the other one is the only reason she didn't get her ass beat is because he was in shock from the severe burns you throw hot water on me why are you sleeping then the gloves coming off here's the third one then the gloves coming off here's the third one i don't man woman not child but neither of those sisters has ever fallen asleep before the yeah. other one in the same place because yeah. some, some bad shit's going to happen. Yeah, well, the, that, that is a definitely what the fuck. No doubt about it. That's and crazy. Look, ourrescue.org. Yeah, yeah. Check them out, y'all. Check them out. Try to save somebody. In human trafficking worldwide. We just save somebody. And get right? that FabFitFun fall box. Yeah, yeah. Try they, saying that they, 10 they, times. Yeah. Fat Fit Fun Fall Box. Fat Fit Fun Fall Box. Fat Fit wow. Fun Fall Box. That's pretty good. Fat Fit Fun Fall Box. Get <laughs> it with code R-L-R-C. Say that 10 times. <laughs> kind of have to. That's, that's the right code there, right? It is. Hey, y'all, it's legit shit. That, um, all, I mean, go watch Miss Jerry's videos, and we'll be doing more on it there. I think them are sponsoring us. I know my wife uses all that stuff and it in great sponsor yeah and hello fresh cook me some burgers but and that shit good even the ground meat i mean it's high quality meats everything is, is fire on they it. got me to do the you put the um the monterey jack inside of the burger you right, cut the burger in right, half put it in right, there reform right, it right that's yeah, a pretty good that's trick. Good that stuff, and the jalapenos right? inside. Yeah. yeah, everything fresh, delivered to your door. America's number one meal plan. Use code RLRC50 for 50% off. Till next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavina. For Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace. Josh Ebarb. Peace. E. Peace. Peace.